How do we go? Good. So what what were you hearing? Where's I need uh, I need my scribe, my lovely beautiful scribe. Oh, yeah, beautiful scribe. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Whoops, there's some heavenly tunes playing. So what did you uh, what did you sense what did you sense about the heart of the father for the area? What are some things that you sensed about the heart of the father for the area? Passion, compassion. Yeah. Come on. What else? Fathering compassion was the first one. Yeah. So would you say father need, need needing fathers? Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Run out of space. Hopelessness. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Right. A sense of hopelessness. Yeah. What else did you sense? People craving community and connection. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. The craving healthy relationships. Awesome. Do you, do you want to know what we what we did? We went. Uh, we drove into the Buddhist, the Cambodian Buddhist thing just around the block there. So we just walked in, me and Wayne, and. Uh, so they invited us in. So they gave us some cold drinks and stuff like that. We sat down with the lady that, that's uh, the head of the, the whole thing. I showed her one of the videos of uh, miracles that we've seen. And uh, she goes, oh, are you, so you, you guys Christians? She goes, oh, I love Christians. She goes, when we first came to Melbourne, that there was a whole bunch of Christians that helped her out. And she goes, I love Christians. Just the J-O-H, like the, Je you mean the Jehovah's Witness? No, I don't like them, but like the Christians. <laughs> and uh, so she says she's going to come to church tomorrow. So we prayed, we prayed for her shoulder. And uh, the pain went, went significantly down. She said uh, she was, has cupping and all kinds of different things. But she runs the joint. And uh, she, so talk about a potential person of peace. If she fully shifts and gives, dedicates her heart to the Lord and renounces Buddhism, you've basically got the whole cohort there of Buddhists. So <laughs> that was pretty exciting. Um, so what are some strategies to reaching the area that you sensed? <laughs> Feeding people? Yep. Grace, groceries, an account that you could, yeah. Yeah, great. Awesome. Like a food bank. What else? Reaching out to the 
at Mindal Markets so that we could have a tent. We could have a tent there and have prayer and prophecy and just free, yeah, make it all free for them. Very cool. Anything else? We drove past a few local primary schools, and so we thought about accessing the kids and the staff and stuff like that somehow. Um, just we drove past Karama Shopping Centre, and I, um, I was just realizing there's so many people just hanging around, just just sitting there looking for something to do, or and just you know they're just sitting ducks for going up and talking to them. Yeah, it's so good. All right, and what are you hearing about key people of peace? Hearing anything about that? Key people of peace. Yep, pros we've got tax collectors here, I suppose. <laughs> Probably, yeah, that's great. Prostitutes. Yeah, people part of the LGBTQI. What else? What other key pe people of peace do we have? Are you fi are you sensing? Are you sent anybody like got a picture of an area or of an individual or sort of or a specific demographic other than than what was mentioned? So we just met someone that was been in our neighborhood for I think 30 years, and that was that felt really significant. It's like they built the house. They've been in that neighborhood for that period of time. I felt like, okay, just build relationship and trust there. So good. Anything else? Okay. What, what needs to be shifted in prayer to see radical transformation? Unbelief, yeah. Anything else? Yeah, come on. God to do pre-evangelism. I love that. Wonderful. Anything else? Shame and powerlessness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. Come on. Yeah, amen. But you remember what we looked at with the, um, the House of Peace search? You remember the two columns in Luke chapter 10? So we looked at the, the do's and the don'ts. So we had the do, go, two by two, pray for laborers, heal the sick, Proclaim the gospel, stay with the house of peace, eat and drink what is provided. That's one of the things we did. We got Pormella and, uh, and cold drinks and declare, pre declare peace. Don't take provisions, so we're depending on the harvest. Don't greet on the road, so we're focusing on the mission, going house to house. And so we're not going house to house, so we're focusing on the house of peace. Why would, why would Jesus command them not go, to not go house to house? If they found a house of peace. 
Because it's their job. Come on. So what happens if you went, if you found a house of peace, but you continue to go house to house? They wouldn't go, yeah? What was that? You're doing somebody else's job. There isn't the depth of discipleship that is happening for the individual that it could actually open up that area, right? What was that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, come on. Well, you know, I actually designed a course that we we're launching in Bendigo. Some of you may be interested in that. I was talking about this to, to Dave, and uh, we're doing one in Bendigo. We're doing, uh, we had ones throughout Queensland and different areas. And what we want to do is we're actually following that model, the Luke, Luke chapter 10, House of Peace model. So we, um, hang on. Oh, no. Where are we? Okay. Sorry. I think this has gone there. So how do we do this? So how are we actually practically doing a house of peace, a Luke 10 house of peace search as a team? So this is how we are, we're actually doing. So we're going out two by two. Um, Wayne was just saying to me before that when we, when we went out, he's like, I'm not sure if I would have gone this place without if we weren't together. And I would probably say vice versa. There's a, there's a level of intentionality when you're actually going two by two. How many know if you're just setting a goal to go out by yourself, it can be a lot harder. But when you have somebody to be as a support, accountability, and actually to, to demonstrate love, that is, becomes really powerful. So uh, one of the things that we've been finding is a, is a real easy way to break the ice is just to say, hey, uh, we're having a, barbecue, a community barbecue in a couple weeks. So we're just meeting people in the homes. We're finding an icebreaker, but we're not leaning on the barbecue as the main evangelistic event. That's just an icebreaker to see and sense if we have an opportunity to be able to pray for people, and we're looking for persons of peace. So that's the first thing. So let's say this is, uh, this is Frank here. He goes, oh, yeah, sounds wonderful. Would you like to come in? And we go, yeah, sure. They have a chat, have a coffee together. They're really loving each other. Great chat. What can we pray for? My broken back and my heart. Healing in Jesus' name. I'm healed. Would you like us to stop by next week? So this is where it becomes really easy because with the House of Peace Search, I've run many uh, evangelism teams on like a Thursday night and out in a mall and things like that. Um, but that has been really, uh, really challenging uh, because in terms of intentionality to be able to follow up the individuals. Because there's, you know, uh, so we go out on Thursday night, we sow lots of seed, and then we kind of, I, I got a list of names and numbers that maybe I follow up during the week, but probably forget about, <laughs> to be honest, sometimes. And then I'll go out the next week and we're sowing more seeds. But following the Luke 10 house of peace model is that if we find a household that is open, the first point of, uh, first point of contact the following week is to go back to the house to be able to follow them up. So we're going back uh, to Frank's house, and he goes, yeah, please. So next week, hey, Frank, come on in. We would love to share, uh, share a story that changed their life. Great. So we're sharing the three circles, and Frank goes, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Jesus, come in. Boom. Frank's a Christian. Let's get you baptized. Can we find some water? We got his bathtub, or we got a river. And the next point of call is we say, hey, next week, can we have a Bible study? Why don't you invite your friends? Sure. So next week, I brought my friends. 
They have a Discovery Bible study, and this is what's so, what's so powerful for what we're learning is that these Discovery Bible studies, that somebody can just basically take the Scripture and they can facilitate it as, almost as a brand new Christian. You can empower them within a few weeks to start to run a Discovery Bible study without any biblical knowledge. It's so safe. We're, it's just absolutely blowing our minds that you, you run a Bible Discovery Bible study with them. Boom, they all become Christians. Now we have a group. And then uh, we're finding that one, of, one way to be able to, to, to uh, run these groups that is seeing phenomenal results all over the world is something called three-thirds discipleship. I don't have uh, opportunity to be able to uh, share that extensively now. I was talking about it last night. But we can give you more information on that. But we're finding this is an amazing way to be able to uh, launch groups and churches as well. How many know if you have a discipleship strategy and also a church planting strategy, if you lead somebody to the Lord, they can be part of Glory City Church Darwin. But if also, if we get all these Cambodians, one to the Lord, they start leading their friends and the family to the Lord in Cambodia. You can actually give them tools where they can actually start to plant churches if they're, they're isolated from other churches. You can give them practical tools to begin to start to see a church planting move, movement in Cambodia just from next door. We're already starting to see some of that, which is really exciting. So healthy and reproducing. And ultimately what we want to get is that this person of peace, Frank, who's gathered his oikos in his house. How many know that probably if you've managed to get to Frank to church exclusively, that the rest of his friends and family probably wouldn't connect so well? But if you can meet them first in their home and begin to disciple Frank and his household, then they all come to know Christ. They're, they're beginning to reach out to their friends and family. We introduced you to the tool like 411. As soon as they come to Christ, now they can start to reach out to their, their friends and family. So uh, evangelism and discipleship becomes normality for these new ones. And so they can begin to reach others to, to Christ and form new groups. First generation, second generation, and third generation. A movement would be classified according to 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Paul exhorts Timothy to find faithful men to train others. How many generations is that? Paul, Timothy, faithful men, others. Four generations. They're finding that when we see four generations and beyond of disciples, we're not there yet, but we're certainly working with many, people, many of these guys that have seen more than four generations and beyond. And it's having astounding, astounding results. And even in North America that there are four generations and beyond. Uh, generation one, generation two, generation three, and generation four. This is a strategy that could impact the nations. Not only are people getting discipled and saved, and I'm sure many people will be a part of the corporate gathering, but it's lightweight enough that the gospel could spread throughout Southeast Asia and all of the different nationalities that are represented in the backyard. And so we have a vision to ultimately start to see multiplication of these groups throughout our region. But as we are a very interconnected nation, second most multicultural nation in the world, you can find an Indian, lead them to Christ. They can win their Hindu friends and family to the Lord over Skype. They can empower with them with simple reproducible gospel tools and discovery Bible study where you can actually do this online. They could begin to empower, start a church planting movement in India without even getting on a plane. And ultimately, it spreads like crazy. This is actually the Nose Place Left Coalition of 2017, but it is many, many more uh, since that. But you can see it's actually exploding in North America as well. So 
Yeah. How many excited about something like that? I'm going to get Gus to, will you accept the mission? Gus, give, oops. <laughs> will you expect the mission? <laughs> Order correct. Okay. It's almost like preaching to the choir because we have the same heart. It's not working. Okay. So, um, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Can someone read Matthew 28, 18 to 20, please? We all know it as the Great Commission. Awesome. Before I get into this, I actually want to make a point that um, I hate hype. So this, if you're looking in, you're like, okay, this, this sounds like hype, but it's, it's not. It's actually um, a buy-in. Because we don't want to just like make some noise and, and cling some gongs to try to get us doing something. It will last a week um, or two max. But we actually want to change the heart position to be intentionally going after this thing um, consistently and getting other people to do the same. Okay, so the first part is, ask, I'm gonna, it's a sequence of questions, and you can either say yes or no. So the first part, does Jesus have all, of, do you, have you given Jesus all authority in your life? Okay, now I can't, I can't write as fast as I can talk. <laughs> Wait, all authority? <laughs> as if I'm expecting, you know. Okay. All authority. What's next? Go. So will you, who will go? Yes? Will we go? <laughs> Come on. Next. Disciples. Will we make disciples? Will we make disciples? Come on. After that. Baptize. Are we going to baptize them? Yeah, come on. Next. Teach them to obey. Difference between teaching and training. We training them to obey. Good handwriting. Next one. Is he with you? Come on. <laughs> Always. Yes. I think one of the key notes that I really impacts me is so many times you would talk to someone, they give their life to God, seemingly, and... Um, our mindset is like, okay, and I've got to tell them some stuff and hopefully get their knowledge 
up as quick as possible, and we base uh, maturity on how much we know. Uh, and I think that's it's less so in our circles, but a lot in traditional church, how, how maturity is based on how much we know. But we see actually in Ephesians 4, the equipping of the saints, that it's in the going that you actually become to the mature man. So in, it's doing the service that you actually become, to, uh, you actually grow. So maturity is not how much you know, but how much you obey what you know, which is a huge difference. It's a huge difference. So now, now we're looking at, hey, this is, this is uh, repent and believe. Okay, how can we actually obey this? Okay, well, actually, I, I'm in this sin. Well, I've been doing this. I need, to give my, I need to obey something that I'm learning. And the next one, we talk about generosity. Okay, we see Jesus just giving or making a comment about, about the woman and the businessman. Like, so what do we learn from that? Like, I need just to give what I have. I just give everything I, I have to him. So immediately, obedience applied to what we learn. And when, when you start implementing this, Number one, actually our own lives, we can see that we might not be measuring up in a lot of areas that um, we kind of just skim past sometimes without realizing. But if you go through it, like, okay, I, actually I can do better here, here, and here. Uh, and that's, like, that's super humbling because we might be Christians for like half a dozen years, but be missing out on, on some key uh, Christian values or not be living them to how much we actually expect of ourselves. So when we start training disciples or new believers to put into practice what Jesus did, then which includes this great commission. So we're not teaching them all the other uh, practices and then leaving the great commission to 12 months later when they've passed the bar. It's actually included from the get-go. Hey, this is a, one of the commands given, and we can obey it. So from the very beginning, new believers are or being taught how they themselves, being a week old, can be discipling someone else. Yeah. That, that's crazy. That's, that's like, that was a huge mental shift for myself in thinking that, that we, can we even do that? Is that allowed? You know? But, um, but I, t I think that's the, the major difference when movement happening is that in trusting the Holy Spirit with new Christians uh, and things that they can actually reproduce and to be multiplied. I mean, love Gus. He's, he's an absolute tank. And uh, I remember talking with Gus. He's like, man, I'm giving my life for this. This is what I live for. This is what I breathe. So we have a vision. This is what we have a vision. I've designed a, a course called Multiple Harvesters that some may be interested in. This is our vision. We have a vision to raise an army of harvesters all over the world, P uh, people carrying the heart of the Father, <clears throat> and reaching their neighborhoods, schools, and workplaces through radical love, miracles, and sharing the gospel. We live in an interconnected world where the gospel can quickly spread from Brisbane to Congo, from Atlanta to India, and from Hong Kong to Iran. We see the gospel spreading to the ends of the earth as these harvesters reach out to their sphere of influence, leading people to Christ and discipling those uh, those to make disciples who make disciples. We see fear and apathy broken off the church and the Great Commission becoming a reality for every believer again. We have a vision to see a movement of discipleship multiplication that will spread, <coughs> excuse me, spread like wildfire <coughs> to the earth, uh, similar to the earth, the uh, church in Acts. We have a vision to see no place left to become the generation who will finish the task of preaching the gospel to all the world. So what is Multiple Harvesters? Multiple Harvesters is more than a training course. This is a manual that equips the church to outwork the Great Commission to reach people for Christ, disciple them, and multiply other harvesters until no place left is a reality. 
The training is a, a 2.5-hour-per-week commitment for 13 weeks. Approximately one hour is invested, uh, invested during training as a group and 1.5 hours in harvest to apply what was learned. After completing the 13 weeks of training, the trainee commits to another 13 weeks to train one or more new trainees through the, the same process. So we've already, we're already through the round two of, of what we've implemented at our church. We probably have about 30% of our church that's doing it, which is just amazing. We've had some of the most introverted people that you would never expect that are actually going out in the harvest, going door to door. There's a guy called Anthony says, now since, since doing this breaking past fear. He's shared the three circles with uh, just like almost all of his family. Uh, there's another guy that's just from South Africa that's come and do, did it, and uh, he's led three of his work colleagues to the Lord. We've seen so many doors that have been opened up. It's just been absolutely amazing. I want to show you just a, a two-minute video of some of the things that we've been seeing with the House of Peace. Um, here it is. Is that working? I think it's just jammed. I might have to tell you what it what's happening there. Here we go. Oh, does device unavailable? Anyway, I can send you that video at a later time, but um, I'm going to come to a close here. But. Uh, We've seen, it's just been tremendous. We've seen people that have, uh, that we've actually met in their houses, in their homes, that God has actually pre-prepared. Um, I think there, there was a, a lady there that was named, that's named Cassie. And when we met her at her, in her home, she said that um, she, we it, uh, got into a discussion. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, no, just the one before, before this one. Yeah, this is one. Thank you. If you just go arrow across, that should play it. Yeah. That's it. In February 2018, we launched our House of Peace search teams. We wanted to follow Jesus' model in Luke chapter 10. We were stunned by the houses and the hearts that the Holy Spirit had already prepared for us to find. Within the first couple of weeks, we met Robin and Belinda, Bonani and Fred. Robin and Belinda had heard the Lord call them from New South Wales to Ipswich. They were praying one Saturday for the Lord to send somebody to their door. That very moment, Keith and Mary Vaughn knocked on their door. Since then, we have built a wonderful relationship with them and had the opportunity to start a group with them and their family. Winnie met Fred on her very first time in the House of Peace search. When she asked him if he needed prayer, immediately his eyes filled with tears, saying he wanted to come back to Christ. Many outstanding miracles have happened in his life since. On my face, <laughs> Keith was able to share the three circles with a young man in the House of Peace search on the Saturday. Baptized him the same day and I trained him in the 401 on the Monday. Within one week, he had led five of his friends to Christ. Yeah. Multiplication. To his cousin, Vanessa is also training another church in the Congo. I'm just here with Shivani, and we've met him at the House of Peace. He's going back to Congo soon, taking some stuff to the Congo Glory Church. This is Cassie. When we knocked on her door and offered her prayer, she excitedly told us that four months ago a friend had invited her to church, but she declined, saying that she'd never been interested in religion. 
but only a week and a half before we had come to her door, God started to meet her in her bedroom. There were tears all around as we ministered the love of Christ to her. The testimonies continued to astound us. For two sisters from PNG, one was suicidal, one had high blood pressure, pumping headaches, one had a crippling knee, both got healed in Jesus' name. You were involved with Hinduism, you've renounced everything else. But we just did a tally in the last week and we asked how many people have been led to Christ through these teams here. And we've, uh, the tally's actually been 140 in seven days, 143. We have a phenomenal growing team that is committed to seeing no place left, reaching every household with the good news and miracle working power of Jesus, then discipling these new believers to make disciples who make disciples, starting from Goodna to Red Bank Plains into the greater Ipswich region, Southeast Queensland, and we believe this will spark movements globally. Amen. So if you are in, how many would be interested in doing something like that? Just, uh, just give us that way. I, I will personally be willing to Zoom a group of people or uh, to actually train you in doing this. I really, I really absolutely believe in it. Um, that course I'm releasing absolutely free of charge is about 17,000 words. Um, but I so believe in what the Lord is doing. I've never seen results like this. And I've been searching for, for uh, something that's going to produce solid results that can impact nations. And so if you're interested in that, how can they, how can they, um, yeah, come and see. Beautiful. Yeah, that that would be awesome. And uh, we can let you know some further steps. And tomorrow, uh, I want to actually go out house to house. This is, you know, I took Jason Harrison down in Bendigo, house to house. He was like, oh, I don't know about this whole house to house deal. He's on the Monday, I said, man, let's go out house to house. And he goes, okay, you know what? I had a dream about a particular house in my old neighborhood. Anyway, long story short, we rock up, and there was a lady sitting in the front. She says, this is just crazy that I'm still here because a taxi is meant to be picking me up. And he shares with her, she just gets tremendously impacted. There's like an open door in the community the very first moment that we stepped out. Did the same thing with Tony Thompson in Atlanta. So uh, we're believing for some significant things tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to be meeting 10 a.m. at the Karan Karama Shops. Yeah, so that's going to be in the Karama area. So, amen. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for this incredible group of harvesters, of revivalists, Lord God, that have devoted this day to pursuing you and to seeing no place left in this region. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that there, there's a huge harvest that, will, that we will see in Darwin in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for a deposit, a deep deposit of your heart and compassion and supernatural boldness in the mighty name of Jesus. I just want you to picture what does it look like when you get to a stage where, where Darwin, there's no place left in Darwin, where every single person has had the opportunity to be reached, where the gospel is going out far and wide, where it's, where it's spreading to Indonesia, to Cambodia, to the Philippines, to the islands. Lord, we thank you, Father, that this is the gateway to Southeast Asia, that we shall see no place left in Darwin and in, in the Northern Territories. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's give Joel and Candice and Gus a round of applause. Yeah. It's very, very encouraging. It's very encouraging. Um, thank you.
Thanks so much. So, we're back again tonight at 7 o'clock. Completely free. Everyone's welcome. We'll be kicking off at 7 o'clock. However, um, Steph and, and the team are going to have tea and coffee. So, if you want to invite friends or family, someone from your Oikos, you're so welcome. Come early at 6 o'clock. There'll be people here mingling um, tonight. Look forward to that. Um, also, we'll be taking up a love offering for Joel and Candace. So, just come prepared for that, just to bless those guys and honour them and appreciate them. Um, yeah, and then as John mentioned, 10 o'clock, Karama Shops tomorrow morning. I want to just provide a clear on-ramp for us to engage with this stuff. Um, appreciate, like what Joel said, his invitations for everyone. Some people are, are burning for this right now. Um, other people are like, nah, not too sure. That's okay. Just know that you're invited and... Um, we wanted to see whoever's keen, that the early adopters are the ones that are keen to, or really, really called to this, to really just get around Joel and Candace and Gus and, and jump in. Amen? Bless you. Have an awesome afternoon and look forward to seeing you this evening. Bring a friend. It's going to be awesome. And don't forget to vote. Awesome. Have a good day, guys. See you later. As you saw, it doesn't.